Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands, and entrepreneurs get more out of their advertising spend. We have Jeff Coyle from marketmuse.com. That's marketmuse.com. Jeff is a cross-disciplined, data-driven, inbound marketing executive. He has 20 plus years in managing products, working with businesses and doing lead gen. So Jeff's gonna break it down for us on how to leverage content into more leads, more sales, and how to get more out of that marketing effort. So Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great and thanks for having me on the podcast. I've been in the content strategy, search engine optimization, lead gen space for about 21 years, as scary as that sounds. And so through that, really learned how to work with editorial teams, trying to influence content creation, trying to influence content updating and optimization and all the manual ways that you can do that and how painful they were, how painful it was to do a content inventory. And so going back to my career path, my now co-founder reached out and said, Hey, Jeff, you know, all these workflows, you know, the painful manual ways to do all these things. I'm building an artificial intelligence platform that automates or semi automates all these things. But you have the experience both in product management and doing this manually will you join me as a as co-founder and take this plunge and so that was now five and a half years ago but that was when we really took it to market and really turned it into a movement really focused on accelerating content creation updates and optimization but also really tapping in and amplifying expertise we want if you're a subject matter expert, if you're an editorial expert and you know a space, we want this to help you. But also if you're a writer and you just don't want to think about SEO, we want this to level you up to be able to make sure you're writing content that can perform, even if you're not an SEO expert. What would be beyond where we're at? Because what you're describing is the human and the algorithm, the AI are sitting side by side, almost co-authoring something that not only Google likes, but that is valuable and helpful to humans. So is there a new product coming out, a new evolution of Market Muse? Where is this stuff going in the future, given the, the course that it's gone on already? What's the next stage of growth? I love the way you asked that question, frankly, is it is the human and the AI working together to build the highest quality content. It passes the sniff test that this is written by an expert. That's the goal. That's really was one of the missions is we wanna rid the world of low quality content. What is a, where does an outline stop and, and a full article start? Talk so what our content briefs would give you would be a, some recommendations for headlines, recommendations for subheadings or sections, and then within each one of those, tell you concepts to cover, questions to answer, and internal and external link recommendations. So we actually walk you through how to weave great things that people want, topics that must be included to be an expert on this sub subheading. They, answers you have to weave in elegantly. I did everything the brief needed. I also added these couple things that I thought would be great because I'm an expert. But the one that we worked on for the longest time and it's the, still the unanswered need in the market is what should I write? And what should I update and why? For years and years, SEOs and content strategists and editorial leaders have fought over this. There's no real data-driven way to decide what they should write. What MarketMe has built was the first ever way of prioritizing what to write based on strengths and weaknesses, based on how hard is it going to be for us to write. 
this? How hard is it going to be for us to rank is what really differentiates MarketMuse. So we can literally say, if you were going to make the biggest impact on your site, on your blog or on your site, what page should you update or what content should you create? Computers are writing articles for other computers who are doing Google searches to read the articles. Stop some <laughs> somewhere before that uh, apocalyptic future, please. <laughs> so now, yeah, so we've got insights, we've got prioritization, and we're starting to get into the phases of execution. And so what we're able to do because we have the brief technology and because we have the prioritization technology is if we can feed that in to our natural language generation platform and it will start building content that meets the standards of the brief. And that's the nuance here. It'll meet the standard of the brief, but it can also be trained to write like you. So it can look at your site. It can look at all your existing content and it can write the content that hits on, it, it matches the types of things you, the ways that you would typically write. And it also hits on the brief. I find it very challenging to almost force myself to write. If I'm inspired, <laughs> you can write all day long. It's going to be pretty good, but if somebody sits you down and says, can you please write the 15th article about pet food for the Petco IPO that's coming out, it's <laughs> tough. It's not interesting, but some person out there in Idaho has the question, is this dog food gluten-free and how will it affect German shepherds? Well, apparently you need to have an article on that. That is exactly it. And I cool. can basically say to write the article about what's the best pet food for a, a German shepherd who has diabetes, it can tell you that outline how to write it what would qualify as being expert level content and it can draft you a first draft what do you guys do in terms of almost measuring the performance of that content beyond just ranking and did it get eyeballs this one is everyone's got their own internal sway of measuring this the way that an agency is measured in the content that they deliver for their client may be only on traffic but you may get into an e-commerce, like like an example you're saying, you may have average order size and entrances and total conversions. You're really looking at the total value of sections of a site or collections of content as well. We have a default metric for return on investment, and that's a replacement pay-per-click traffic value. So if you had oh, to buy the traffic to this I page, like that. Okay? okay. If you had to buy the traffic to this page, here's how much it would cost. They can back that, backtrack that up based on the conversion rate to value per visitor, right? Yeah. And then back it all the way up. You So no matter what, as long as I can get to value per visitor, I can put that in Market Muse and I can see the actual value of every page that I write. So this is our first flight there. What we're going to do in the future is get actual traffic data from analytics and figure out a way to show a projected value against the actual value. You guys are bringing in the organic content and the strategy in mm -hmm. the top and, and you're helping people evaluate the performance the best yep. that you can. What you guys have been able to do, which is fantastic, is say, given the data that we have that the client can bring in, we're yep. going to be able to tell you the return on investment of this content, at least exactly. in, our, in our best ability. I think we've all seen a real significant change in the past five years on what that page one of Google really looks like. So it used to be three ads up top and uh, 10 results down the middle. It's become more and more difficult to just say, hey, I'm on spot number seven on page one. That's valuable. It's not as valuable anymore. Walk us through that from your 
you know experience and career you've seen this thing from its origination until today so oh, yeah. what's changed about that first page of google and what should people do about it how do you come up on top how do you win that battle and stay competitive the difference is so dramatic but also it, because you ha almost have to understand the the journey of paid the first adwords placement you bought words via an email to a rep and you negotiated a CPM rate, impression rates, and you think through that journey. And then it turned into cost per click. And then they realized that some ads are better than others. It, then it changed to cost per click times click through rate. And then they realized some ads had higher quality than others. And now over the, the last flight of changes that AdWords made is really focused on maximizing revenue versus quality. Yeah. And but on the flip side, the organic search is focused much more on quality, much more on comprehensiveness, expertise, authority, and trust. So you may have situations where one, zero, three organic links appear on page one, but because of the features shown on that page, it's a zero click. So you have zero click page ones now. So if you're looking at search volume, like search engine volume from AdWords as your North Star, that's basically garbage data <laughs> because you're, so you may go for a search and you're like, hey, this has 100,000 searches per month in Google. But guess what? Only 1% of them click on an organic result or 10% or 20%. It has absolutely nothing to do with that metric as other than just being a directional concept. So this changes SEO because you have to write the highest quality content. It has to be visible, you have to be strong and authoritative, but you also now have to include an understanding of intent in your research, or else you're gonna be writing content, maybe you even rank number one, but the outcome isn't going to be what you thought. So the biggest change is thinking about intent, thinking about users, thinking about the fact that search result page is changing and it will always be in, in flux, and you can't just hang your hat on one metric. Awesome. So how about a couple rapid fire questions? Mm -hmm. All right, so say I got a, a nice post, I worked uh, all day on it, and, and now I'm trying to find a home. Where should I post it? Should I put it on my own blog or somewhere else, like a medium? I always like to say, whenever anyone, anyone asks me that type of question, is usually both. There's a concept called content repurposing and can you repurpose, can you get it on your site and can you repurpose it so that it acts as a traffic vehicle between the two? Can you repurpose it so it's for the appropriate audience? Your existing blog is for one audience, your medium presence is going to be for another audience. How do you leverage LinkedIn knowing that Google's not necessarily indexing that in the same way and you're not going to get any do follow links and things like that? If I'm if I'm making if I'm reposting into a an non-indexed an unindexed or unattributed attributable source, you can you can cut paste duplicate without impact. But I always like to tweak those. But it's it, that's only in the truest form of that this is a a syndic a, a non-indexed syndication. Over the past few years people have always tried to build backlinks. Is that still the other half of this industry, getting links and do follow and no follow and domain authority? Talk us through quickly your perspective on the changes in, in that arena. 
Yeah, I mean, you, in one in one sense, it was content and links, and now we're content intent and links. Those are the three factors, and links are still a very important signal and part of the organic search engine algorithms. It's not as simple as it once was. If you have authority on a topic, it will be a part of that is having been attributed as a source by trusted right. places in that topic. What I'll say yep. is links carry information and those that information giving signals that you have the high likelihood of expertise on a particular domain or topic are that's gold still yeah i think 50 years ago people would have said content is king 20 years ago content is king 20 minutes ago content is king as long as the audience listening and, and marketers keep that keep that fact as a as a truth in their strategy they're they're going to have some level of success the correlation is still good. It is still a wonderful thing if you are attributed as a source from a very powerful editorial source. It that is it is wonderful. It is great. It Im impacts everything. It's just it's so much easier to do it poorly. And if you're trying to game the system, yeah, it's so bad link development is business development it's through your partnerships it's through your social network it's through your your masterminds it's right. making content that makes sense to be woven together well, you mentioned intent as almost mm -hmm. a new variable in google's ranking if you were to be on a coach to help people organize content how do you break it down for them Content mapping is a challenging task and it's it's mapping against those types of generic intents, but which are, that can be very valuable. You have very simple information, you have complex informational, you have, you mentioned commercial intent. You can map that to a, a buyer journey. So maybe it's early stage awareness, consideration, purchase, post-purchase, troubleshoot. The two things I'll say is the most common misunderstanding in search engine optimization about intent is mislabeling Google's favored intent as the intent. What Google shows you on the page is their best guess at, at of their favored intent, but it isn't the intent behind that query absolute. That isn't absolute. So the a particular query can have multiple different intents. You could type in CRM software and you may want early stage awareness content. You may want middle of the funnel content. You may be in the software selection process. You may you know, be doing something else. There's a lot of different, we call that intent fracture, but Google has to pick one. And what they show you is its favorite intent. If they show you content that's different from all different, like a, a smorgasbord or an assortment, then they're actually validating that fracture and saying, yeah, you don't know which one. So we're going to just show you a couple. And then over time, we're going to refine that. But over time, that refines to their favorite intent. It does not actually refine to how somebody should make the content mapping or, or funnel. And this is the most common mistake. You have to write the entire collection of content that tells the story that you truly understand the entire buyer journey to be able to have enough authority to rank with your definition. And so that's the key on intent. It's you have to actually know the whole journey and cover it with your content. 
to be able to be awarded or rewarded with authority at any one of those individual stages. And that's wow. truly the instructive way of thinking about it. If you have a blog and it's lucas.com, you go write the best review ever written on the brand new iPhone. Now CNET and goes writes a mediocre one. Which one's going to rank better? Yeah. Cool. All right. You win. <laughs> Good point, man. Good point. Fair yeah. enough. You got that. It's not just links. It's not just links. <laughs> cool. Love that. That was super, super helpful. You heard it here first, folks. That is Jeff Coyle from Market Muse. You can reach out to him directly at jeff at marketmuse.com or find him on Twitter, jeff underscore Coyle. And he is very active on LinkedIn as well. If you're spending a ton of time, energy, or money on SEO and content development, you have to start checking out this tool because not only is it going to help you rank higher and get more high quality traffic, you're going to be more efficient as well. And that means a higher return on your investment. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast signing off. <music>